Hey, Scene Vault listeners, are you a NASCAR collector? Well, we've got two great magazines for you. First up, we've got the 75 Greatest Drivers. Last season, NASCAR added 25 drivers to its Greatest Drivers list to celebrate their diamond anniversary, and we partnered with them to help tell their legendary tales. This 116-page magazine is packed with the stories that made each of these drivers the greatest we have ever seen. Printed in full color on glossy paper and delivered to fans inside a poly bag to protect its contents, this magazine will sit on the coffee tables of NASCAR fans for years to come. There are also several different covers to collect, including unique designs for Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, Jeff Gordon, and more. We've also got a few remaining copies of the 75th Anniversary Magazine, featuring hundreds of pages of photos, profiles, iconic stories, and much, much more covering every single year of NASCAR. Both of these are shipping in high-quality poly bags to protect your collector's item. Get yours today at dailydownforce.com shop. That's dailydownforce.com shop. Hey there, NASCAR fans. Have you got your copy of the latest edition of NASCAR Pole Position Print Magazine? If not, there's no better time than now to subscribe at polepositionmag.com. NASCAR Pole Position is the only print magazine covering NASCAR. Officially licensed by NASCAR, NASCAR Pole Position Magazine is published throughout the NASCAR season, and each edition is an instant collector's item, backed with great feature stories and photography. The magazine is even mailed to you in a poly bag for those who love to collect NASCAR memorabilia. At PolePositionMag.com, you can even find past issues available to purchase. Get your subscription to NASCAR Pole Position and get great NASCAR content delivered straight to your mailbox throughout the season. Learn more at PolePositionMag.com. That's PolePositionMag.com. Hey, y'all, Rick Houston here, and I want to tell you about my new show, the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast. I've partnered up with the state of North Carolina Department of Natural and Cultural Resources to help uncover the history behind moonshining mountain boys, professional wheelmen, and the backwoods and city lights of the Tar Heel State. In the first episode, I sat down with Winston Kelly at the NASCAR Hall of Fame for a little behind-the-scenes gossip about Junior Johnson's engineering skills. He's got two things in his hand, pipe wrench and channel lock pliers, and they weren't new. They yeah. had been, they had been yeah. around the block a time or two. What's so, the first deal they built, I bet? No, no. You know, you, I think they were, they had, the, the pliers had been red before, but paint had yeah. worn off. And in the second episode, I talked to a professional hillbilly, a.k.a. Dr. Daniel Pierce of UNC Asheville, to find out the real history of moonshiners and their battles with the revenuers. He wrote about one of his experience of trying to chase down this uh, this bootlegger and this, this souped-up car, and he, he complained that the government gave him these piece-of-crap, cheapo cars and that, that were really no match, but he thought he was doing pretty good. And then the guy just hits it and just takes off and practically disappeared. But then the guy makes a bootleg turn uh, and comes back towards him. And it, it, as he said, it was a game of chicken and I was the chicken. And so he ran off the road. And actually he was the guy who, who caught Junior Johnson at his daddy still when Junior got tangled up in a, in a barbed wire fence. <laughs> So check out the Moonshine and Motorsports Racing Podcast available on YouTube, DailyDownForce.com, and all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And be sure to check out my regular show on NASCAR history, the Scene Vault Podcast.
Hello, this is Rick Houston, and welcome to the Scene Vault Podcast, your source for all things NASCAR history. Hello, my name is Rick Houston, and welcome to this very special episode of the Scene Vault Podcast. You know, true charity is what takes place when nobody else is watching. And that is certainly the case with Morgan Shepard and his annual Christmas charity trip to Stewart, Virginia. I've been very fortunate to be a guest on Morgan's trip every year since 1994. My very first year was seen, except for a couple of years when I just wasn't able to make the trip for one reason or another. And that's one of the true things that I respect about Morgan Shepard. He has never failed to call and invite me on this trip, even though I'm no longer involved in NASCAR on a daily basis. And there's not really anything that I can do for him or the charity other than be on the trip and get to take part in what is such a special special event for the clients of the park workshop in Stewart, Virginia, just up the road from the shop that housed his Wood Brothers racing team when he drove for them. And on this podcast, (laughs) you're going to hear first Morgan Shepard, and I'm going to apologize beforehand for the audio quality. We had just left the park workshop and Morgan was driving his motor coach and I was busy hanging on for dear life. If you've ever been on the trip with Morgan and ridden with him, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is a true experience. So while I was doing this interview, we were hurtling down the back roads of Stewart, Virginia, just trying to take in all that had just happened at the park workshop. Second, you're going to hear Mark Garrow, the voice of PRN. He has been a regular on the trip for years. He has actually been on more trips than I have. I believe I've done 23. And according to Mark, he has been on every single one since 1986, with the exception of two or three. So a highlight of every year on the trip is Mark directing the clients of the park workshop in a very special version of the 12 days of Christmas, and it it is a true treat. Next on the podcast, you're going to hear Lauren Lanter, who is a good friend of Morgan's and whose dad, Ken, actually helped Morgan start the charity trip, and he will tell you more about that. Finally, on the podcast, I talked to Laura Lehman, who is the director of the Park Workshop, and she's going to lay out exactly what Morgan has meant to the Park Workshop over the years. Let's just say that he has been instrumental in keeping the doors open to that very special place. So this episode is dedicated to Morgan and his charitable efforts. And I'm going to make this pitch here and now. Somebody somewhere, let's make sure that Morgan gets recognized for his efforts because they are true, sincere charitable efforts. If it's the NMPA Spirit Award, so be it. If it's something else, so be it. That's from me. That's not from Morgan. That's not why Morgan is doing this trip. That's not why Morgan has done this trip all these years. The accolades don't matter. All that matters to Morgan is helping other people. So Morgan, take it away. Morgan Shepard, we're headed home from yet another Christmas trip. This is 20 three for me 22 23 somewhere in there morgan what does this trip mean to you personally well it means that uh 
February the 23rd, 1975, when uh, Jesus came into my life, that uh, he made a difference. Before that time, I would have cared less about going and helping somebody. Incredible. We've been up here 32 years. This is the first year we've had to change the date by a couple days from Monday to Wednesday. And uh, everything went off very well. It's amazing that the friends we've got out there that stays loyal to sending money in uh, to help them. And actually, the park workshop is the only place that uh, we give money. Uh, we don't give money to individual people. We uh, we do gifts like jeans, underwear, shirts, uh, clothing uh, to other people, but this is where uh, the main part of our money goes to help the park workshop. The thing that I love about every year is when we pull into the parking lot of the park workshop, if we can make it in because of ice or whatever, is just the reaction of the clients there at the park workshop to you and to your wife, Sandy, and to your family. What does their reaction mean to you? It's just incredible that uh, when we pull in there and we go walking in and you can see all those faces light up, they're so glad to see us. say what you say you've raced for a long time and how much of what you do now on the racetrack is related to what you do here in Stewart Virginia at the park workshop do you continue to race so you can continue to help I really don't continue to do anything but serve and uh, God's given me this platform I've been in racing 51 years, going into the 52nd year, and uh, so I've had different race car drivers come up to me and tell me what an inspiration I am to them that I'm doing this, because a lot of my friends passed away in their 50s, and uh, here I'm still going. It's, uh, it's not about Morgan Shepherd. It's about being a, a servant and being able to help others uh, through the people that we reach uh, around the world. I know coming on so many different tours, they probably run together at some point, but do you have a particular favorite memory? The favorite one is, is back in 1986, when my friend Ken Ladder uh, lives up in the Harden, Asheville area. Uh, this little guy, Billy Shuff, I think he was around 50 couple at that time. He couldn't stand barely over four feet tall because it's all humped yeah. over yeah. With, with a cane. And uh, he asked Billy, what would you do if you had $1,000? He goes, the 
don't know, had never had a thousand, and so had asked him about five or six times, okay, Billy, if you had a thousand dollars, what'd you do? He finally said, well, I fixed the roof on my house trailer, and I paint my house trailer. And I asked Ken, I said, where's he live at? He says, up in Stewart. And so anyway, we seek him out, and found him at the park workshop, which is just a little small place then. I don't even know how many clients they had. But we got Billy, took him to a grocery store, got him a year's supply of gift certificates, paid his oil bill, and we started taking care of it then. And that was the beginning of the Morgan Shepherd Charity. And uh, to start with one person like that, who would ever thought, next thing you know, we'd be all over the fields up there doing stuff. Uh, and, and this is not the only part of our program, of our workshop. We, we do stuff in Georgia, Alabama, uh, all over, locally. But uh, that's the most special memory. It's a little bit of show that uh, had nothing. And, uh, and he helped us to carry on to others, uh, find about other people that, that had needs in the mountain. Morgan, I know that there are several different awards for humanitarian efforts in NASCAR and around NASCAR. What would it mean to a Morgan Shepherd to receive an award like that, or would you even care? I don't. That's kind of like seeing uh, somebody eating elderly couple or something. You can see they don't have any money hardly to buy food and, and be able to pay for that meal and uh, tell the waitress or whatever, don't you tell them where this comes from. And uh, this is our our special thing that the Lord has given us to be able to help others uh, through our racing. You have been in this business for a long time. Long, long time. <laughs> Obviously, now you're with PRN, voice of PRN, you and Doug Rice. You have become a regular on this trip for many years now. 29 out of 32 years. Really? I've been here 29 out of 32. What do you see in Morgan Shepherd that brings him up here every year? Well, I think there's a real giving spirit inside of Morgan because, as you've heard the story, it started out with, you know, a crippled guy who came here to the the park workshop and somebody asked him, hey, man, what would you do with a thousand bucks? And say, hey, fix my trailer, fix the roof of my trailer, paint it, make it look a little bit nicer. And so Morgan, you know, made all that happen and there were no cameras, there was no photography, no PR reps. That just showed you exactly what was in his heart. He came up here to be a giver and he's been a giver for years and years. And as you well know, with this trip, uh, we've gone through several different stages. We we used to go from here uh, in Stewart, Virginia, the park workshop just up the road from the Wood Brothers original race shop. And then we'd head off to Galax, Virginia and Freeze, Virginia. And we'd have Kyle Petty in tow and Ken Schrader, Dale Jarrett, Ned Jarrett. Uh, Those were some really cool times. Uh, And through it all, 
It was never about publicity. It was never about a me attitude with Morgan. It was always a servant's attitude. And you and I both know, because we've been on it for a while, that that attitude then kind of sprinkles down to everybody. You have that attitude. I have that attitude. Everybody else is here that has that attitude. So whether it's getting up there and dancing and singing and doing all the stupid, crazy stuff I do without shame, the only way you can do that is you're just simply trying to give, you're trying to serve, and you're trying to uh, be someone who gives more than they take. And I think that, again, that starts with Morgan, and, and that's just the way this thing has shook out all these different years. I think in all the years that I've been on this trip, I think I've seen one sponsor banner. Yeah. That was hung up. And to me, that says how genuine and sincere Absolutely. And there, effort it is. Yeah, it has never been about sponsorship. It's never been about anything like that. I mean, we've yeah. had concerts. Country music star Kelly Pickler yeah. came with us one year. Mark Colley. And Mark Colley, they did yeah. concerts for us. I mean, uh, and again, there were, as you were talking about, no big sponsor banners, no mention, hey, want to thank, uh, you know, STP or, or whatever the deal is. It's all been always been about giving. It's always been about uh, giving uh, you know, and, and not taking. And it's always been for Morgan about bringing other people closer to Jesus Christ and closer uh, to uh, him, maybe to get saved, maybe to help get their life turned around. Uh, that's always been a big part of it as well. There are different kinds of humanitarian awards in NASCAR. I know the NMPA has the Spirit Award. There, there are all kinds of different awards. Is that why Morgan's doing this, to get awards, to get recognition? Absolutely not. But he should be getting some awards for this. He should be getting an NMPA Spirit Award. Uh, you know, this is 32 years. Yeah. Not not three months or three years. 32 years yeah. that we've been at this, uh, that Morgan's been at this. And got me rounded up into it fairly early. Uh, and I've missed three uh, of these trips uh, throughout the years. Uh, but it's always something that I really try to point to, really try to make time for. And it always blesses me. And I snuck up here to the park workshop in August. Yeah. They gave me a rocking chair at yeah. Christmas last year. And I thought, got around August, I need to find a way to say thank you. And so Missy D'Souza, yeah. uh, of course, her husband, of course, Steve, Joe Gibbs Racing, their Xfinity program, all that stuff. What a great lady. And she said, if you ever get crazy and do that, you call me. So I did. I called her. And, uh, and so she uh, um, said, if you ever do it, call me. I'll come up. And she did. And my oldest daughter did. And we just stopped at the edge of town. The only pizza place they got here in Stewart is a Little yeah. Caesars. Yeah. Stopped there. Uh, went next door to the food line. Bought a few liters of soda. Just showed up. And uh, and just had a great time. And, it's, it's, and it all comes from, you know, Morgan and this thing that we're doing here. And then it just makes you want to serve these people even more. You don't want it to be just a once in a, uh, a year kind of thing. But when it comes to, and, and all the NMPA Spirit Award winners are all worthy. Oh, yeah, I mean, they do, they do some absolutely. tremendous things. But if this has not ever been recognized, it's a shame. And it's a giant omission because Morgan has done this for 32 years. And you look back at how much money that he's brought to the park workshop, and I think it's north of four or $500,000 after all these years. And that's not counting all the Christmas gifts or all the times we would travel up to Galax and give out Christmas gifts right. to all the people there at the, at the Rex Theater uh, and go to Freeze, Virginia yeah. and, and different things like that. Uh, the trailer, they bought a mobile home for a, a lady uh, who was uh, bedridden on her back yeah. and uh, 
didn't have a mobile home big enough to fit her and her mom in one room because her mom had to take care of her. So those are the kind of things Morgan has done. It hasn't been just about money. It hasn't been just about Christmas gifts. He's improved people's lives from the very first guy, Billy Shuff, to some of these other folks up, up in the middle of nowhere in Freeze, Virginia, uh, and, and helping them out and making their lives a little bit better. So, you know, he needs to be nominated. If they, if they haven't ever gotten an award, they need to be nominated for something because Morgan and his wife, Cindy, have done a great job. Another thing that I really love about coming here is not only Morgan's reaction to the clients, but the clients' reactions to Morgan. They love Morgan. No question. And I think love is the word, not like they love. And these clients here, they love on you. And that, I mean, you just cannot get away from it uh, when you're here. And that there you know we should all have that kind of faith and all that kind of love it's it's completely trusting it's completely uh unencumbered by anything in this world it, it is childlike faith and childlike love and, and it's the best love on the planet Lauren Lanner, your dad, Ken, helped start this project back in 1986. Tell the listeners, in a nutshell, how this got started. Um, really, to, to put it, to get it down to brass tacks, it was being available to be used when you were called. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was just answering the call when it was time to, to answer it. Um, my dad, Ken, uh, he's, he's 84 years old now, and through a mutual acquaintance, they, they knew Morgan Shepherd, And this would have been, I guess, 84, 85, something like that, 1984, 1985. Well, fast forward a couple of years, and my dad and four or five of his really close friends would come to the Fiddler's Convention in Galax, Virginia. One day, they see a guy who would walk from his tent in the campground to the the performance stage to watch the, the Fiddler's Convention. And he would come walking through there and there was something special about him. He walked bent over. Yeah. He probably didn't he probably didn't stand up more than 36, 40 inches. No. Well, this fellow's name was Billy Shuff. Yeah. And they noticed him, and they decided, well, let's engage this guy. Let's see what, what he's about. So they they get to be friends with him, and they ask him to come over. Hey, Billy, come on over. You want a, you want a Coke or want some peanuts? And so he comes over. They ask Billy, well, Billy, what would you do with $1,000? And Billy says, and he kind of had an Irish accent. I don't know where I had never came heard from. that part of the story. But, but if until you remember today. Billy, yeah. you remember that he had that, I don't know what it was, just a, it was a Scottish or an Irish accent. Yeah. Well, I've never had a thousand dollars, but if I did, I'd probably get my roof fixed on my trailer. And that's about how he spoke. Yeah. And so, if you know my dad, the, I'm sure they looked at each other like, well, there's four or five of us here. We can throw a couple hundred bucks together and we'll get this guy's trailer fixed. We might not be able to go do it ourselves right now, but yeah. we can get it done. Yeah. So they decide, yeah, let's do that. So my dad, he's going to, he'll take it on himself to go make this thing happen. So he hears that it is in Stewart. He knows it's in Stewart. And he thinks, oh, well, the Wood Brothers are in Stewart. My dad 
calls Glenn or Leonard. I don't know who, which one he spoke to, but he kind of gave him the story and says, hey, there's a guy that lives close to you there, and he needs his trailer fixed. And they were busy getting ready to go. He said, well, we can't do that right now. Yeah. And so my dad's like, well, that's no good. You know, it makes yeah. him, he kind of got mad about it. Yeah. Like, well, why can't you stop what you're doing and go yeah. do this? Yeah. I mean, if you know my dad, my yeah. dad's going to be the guy that stops what he's doing. Yeah. He's going to go do it. Yeah. So he thinks, all right, well, if one racer won't do it, maybe this other one will. So he calls Morgan. He probably has not talked to Morgan more than 10 total minutes in his whole life yeah. up until this point. Yeah. So he says, hey, uh, Morgan, this is Ken Lanner, uh, gives him the story and says, can you do something? And Morgan says, yeah, I'll see what I can do. And they hang up. Now, I remember, <laughs> I remember this. Yeah, this yeah, was a, yeah. I think this was a Sunday, maybe a Saturday or Sunday. I'm at home. And he hangs up. And I remember my dad saying, well, that's another dead end. Yeah. Well, three or four hours later, the phone rings. And it's Morgan. And Morgan says, now, where did you say this guy lives? And my dad says, in Stewart, Virginia. He said, well, I know that. Where? In Stewart. I'm here. You know, and so my dad's like, yeah. well, what? You, you know, yeah. you mean you really did that? Well, Morgan, as soon as he had told him, as soon as my dad had told him about that, Morgan left his house there in Conover, jumped in the truck or van or whatever he was in that day, went and picked up a buddy, came up to Stewart, and they went to visit Billy, and they inspected that trailer, and sure enough, it was in bad shape. It yeah. was in really, yeah. really bad shape. So they wind up getting the supplies that they need, and they put a roof on that trailer like right away. And it's, they fixed it. Yeah. I mean, within just a day or two. Well, Morgan calls back to my dad, and he says, mission accomplished. You know, and I don't know if it was that afternoon or yeah, evening yeah. or if it was the next day, but yeah. it wasn't four weeks later or yeah. a month later. It was right away. So uh, Morgan says to my dad, well, let's go up at Christmas and see him. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. So they decide they'll do it. So the thing with Billy Shuff was not considered actually the first trip? I don't... Th I Maybe it was. So that wasn't at Christmas. They had come up. They had come up to fix that trailer probably in October. Oh, okay. Just right, right okay. after okay. the fitters okay. convention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But they decided let's go back up there and check on it. And that would have been the first quote unquote Christmas tree. Correct. Gotcha. Right. So. See, I learned something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Morgan says, "Hey, let's go up there." And I, I guess they're having this conversation maybe in October or soon, just soon after they fix that trailer. Yeah. Let's go up and visit. Uh, will, you, will you go up for Christmas with me? And my dad, sure, yeah, we'll go. Yeah. So Sunday afternoon rolls around. This is one of the first weekends in December. I answer the phone. Hey, this is Morgan. You know how Morgan is. Hey, this is Morgan. Is your dad there? Yeah. And so he gets on the phone, and Morgan says to my dad, you ready to go? Go where? Well, you promised you'd go up there to Virginia with me. Well, what are you talking about? Well, we're going to go tomorrow. You know, not can you go in the morning. Yeah. It's we're going in the morning. Yeah. So sure enough, my dad and I and a, and a friend of ours, Dennis Buchanan, we load up, and we leave our house about, oh, maybe 
We leave about five o'clock in the morning. We got down to Morgan's and it was probably six, six thirty in the morning. And it was back in the day when there was testing. You could go test. You know, now you've got limited test test dates and you can't can't do that stuff. Yeah. So he had been up all night getting the car ready to go. And uh, anyway, so we load up in a he had a conversion van. A GMC conversion. I'll never forget that. And we all came up here, and we went to Billy's house. And I'm telling you, that GMC van, if there was ever a commercial with how to punish your vehicle and it's still run, <laughs> it needed to be that day. That, yeah. that oh, it was straining the whole way because yeah. Morgan had his foot in it. Yeah. And, I mean, we got up here in record time. So we should really not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's mellowed a little with age, but he'll still burn the right rear tire off of it. No, he's not. <laughs> no, no, what he's you're not. no, he's not. So <laughs> we get up, uh, we get here and get to Billy's house, and it was in a little mobile home park. Yeah. And quite honestly, it was it was sad. It was yeah. a sad little trailer, and uh, he had kept it up in really nice in a nice situation but it was old and run down and it was just something that you could tell it was the best he could do with what he had and Billy um, there was he was he was physically handicapped but mentally sharp as a tack I mean this guy you know he could have today he could have been in some you know in an IT type situation where you don't have to actually do heavy physical stuff. He could have done any of this, yeah. but uh, at, in that day, mid eighties, uh, during the day, he came to the park workshop, and that's where we are today. And at the time, the park workshop was kind of downtown Stewart, and what they did for support is people would bring in furniture. And these clients that came to Park Workshop, they would sand it and stain it. And it might take a couple of years to get a piece of furniture back. But the people that brought it in would... Knew and ma- yeah. They knew that. They knew and, and they were more yeah. they were more doing it as a donation than right. as a, hey, can you refinish this Louis the Fourteenth? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't that at yeah. all. It was more of a, hey, this is something for these folks to do that you can teach them maybe... Maybe teach them a skill, yeah. Um, and and I might get my furniture back also. <laughs> but yeah. you know, no no one was kidding themselves that yeah. this is going to be you know fine yeah. restoration. Yeah. Um, but that's where Billy worked uh, during the day, and I think he got a little bit of money for working there. But uh, honestly, it was it was kind of a pitiful existence. Yeah. And so uh, Morgan recognized that. And he said, "Hey, let's uh, let's go down to Lowe's Foods and let's let's stock his stock his pantries." So we went to the local Lowe's Foods, and I think Morgan probably bought a couple hundred dollars worth of food. And you know, mid eighties, that's a pretty yeah. good load of groceries. Yeah. And so we brought it back and helped him put it where he could reach it, and everything was kind of low. And he had uh, he had kind of little scaffold pieces built in his trailer so he could get up high enough to reach. It was it was, it was sad. He I don't know what his affliction was, whether it was polio or something that caused him to walk like that. 
But uh, we did that, and then uh, Morgan had his oil barrel filled up. And uh, that's oil, for those of you that are <laughs> in the South. We're oil. It's oil barrel. O-I-L. O-I-L. <laughs> oil barrel filled up. Through the years, we met more people here at the park workshop and got to build a relationship with uh, Henry Ayers. Yeah. Henry, he was really special. Um, you know, you see some people that are doing a job that you know that they're called to do. Yeah. That was it for Henry here. When you came and saw him doing this at the park workshop with these folks here, you knew that he was doing what he was called to do. I mean, he he was into it. The thing that has always impressed me about this trip, in all the years that I've been on it, I've been on every single one since 1994, except for two. In all that time, I have seen one sponsor banner hung here at the park workshop. And to me, that says it wasn't a dog and pony show to get some publicity for a sponsor or anything like that. This is Morgan Shepard's deal. It's, it, is, it is his heart. It is his heart to do this. It's um, very genuine, very sincere. And I think I've been to to all but maybe three or four yeah. from for whatever reason I may have had to miss yeah. one or two it's always been a disappointment to have to call Morgan and tell him that I can't come well, it's like missing Christmas honestly it's like being Santa Claus and missing Christmas you know I <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah, you, just, yeah. you don't do that you yeah. you gotta go do, go do it and Morgan he makes it happen I, I would have no idea what all Morgan has made happen on this trip. I know that he made the the Shepherd Center mobile home across the parking lot here happen. I know that he bought a house for Betty Archer. What do you think Morgan's help has meant to these people? Uh, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't put. I wouldn't even try to guess a monetary value. Yeah. And. Some people are made to be financial planners. Some people are made to be businessmen. And some people are, are made to be servants. And that's what Morgan is. He just happens to drive race cars on the weekend. You know, that's what he does. That's what he does for a living. But his life is not a racer. His life is finding somebody that needs some help. Or not even finding somebody. Just being available when somebody needs help. He's going to stop what he's doing. He's going to help. Laura Lehman is the director of the Park Workshop, and you were telling me this is your 19th year here? Yes, I've been employed here for 19 years. So you've been here long enough to know exactly what Morgan Shepherd oh, means yes. to this place. Oh, we <laughs> love Morgan, yeah. and our clients just think the world of him, and they start talking about Christmas in October. Do they really? Yeah, yeah, they get excited for the Christmas party, and they count down the days until Morgan comes. They really love him. I look forward every year to seeing Jamie yeah. at the front door. Mm -hmm. Every year. Yeah. She oh, always waits on Morgan. Yes, she does. Along with uh, several of our other clients that's been here since the 70s. They were here when the park workshop first began. Wow. 
Yeah, and some of them are 60s. Exactly what does Morgan mean to this place? Yeah. Morgan has helped us through very slim times. Sometimes the money is just not here. And then what we get from Morgan helps us to buy vans, helps us with the building repair, helps us to furnish gas to go get the people because we provide transportation for our people. So we do van runs. His money helps us buy vans, gas. The thing that strikes me about the Morgan Shepherd trip every year is just the sincere effort to make somebody's life better. Is that what you see? In oh Morgan? yes, Morgan. He's just like I said. He's been a godsend to this place. Yeah. You know, like, times that are tough, he's helped. He's helped keep the place open. So there you have it, the 2018 edition of Morgan Shepherd's Christmas trip in Stewart, Virginia. Think what you will about him racing at 77 years old. Think what you will about what he does on the racetrack. But I can tell you from firsthand experience, he truly does care about people. It's not an act. It's not a facade. He truly does have a heart to serve other people. With that said... I do wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. We probably won't have an episode next week, but we will be back the week after that with the first of a several-part interview with Buddy Parrott. And let me just tell you, (laughs) that was one more heck of a conversation. You will love hearing what he had to say and him sharing the memories that he shared. It was amazing. So we'll talk to you next year.